Good morning, everyone. As the ushers uh, receive your offering, I'll just introduce myself. My name is Tim Gosweller. I'm an elder here, and I'm pleased to be with you this morning on official business. Uh, let's pray as we begin our message this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word would be lifted up and our ears would be open to hear and that my words would not get in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, we have a lot going on. We are in extraordinary times right now, so let's just go through a few of those things. Pastor Matt and Cindy, accepting a call and leaving us, today is your last Sunday with us to go to Stanley, Wisconsin to serve the gospel. Kevin and Jenna Ness, in the last stages of raising support to move their entire family to Macedonia to serve the gospel. The Z family, now entering pilot training and, and preparations to go to Papua New Guinea with Wycliffe. Peter and Kelsey Sontag leaving family and the familiar to come and minister the gospel with us. Ellen Gosweller, my own daughter, uh, leaving tomorrow for Berlin with a one-way ticket with Reach Global to minister the gospel. Now, they may be wondering, with all of this going on, do I have what it takes to do this? And to all of us, Elam, we're leaving a 100-year-old home to move into a new building, new ministry, new focus. Do we have what it takes? We should be asking ourselves that question if we're not. Do we have what it takes? So let's, let's go to the Word. Because in all of this activity that I've described to you, we are very tempted to do this on our own, with our own wisdom. To do this in our own strength, and it requires strength. But we're tempted to rely at times on our own strength, our own energy. It requires energy to do all these things. But we're tempted to rely on our own energy. But let's step back and ask ourselves that question, do we have what it takes and let's go to the Word and see what God has to tell us. So first of all, let's look at our calling. And uh, I have a couple of the, the uh, passages are going to be up uh, on the, on the uh, screen for you. Um, if you want to take out a Bible now, there is a longer passage that we'll be working through. If you wanted to just grab 1 Corinthians chapter 2 um, as we're heading there, uh, that will be good. So I'm just going to read um, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. There's a description of us as ambassadors in that chapter. And we have ambassadors today. Now, our modern uh, interpretation uh, and experience of ambassadors is a little bit different, but the, but the core of it is the same. An ambassador is someone who stands in someone else's place. They are sent on behalf of an individual to speak for and represent someone else. That's what an ambassador is. So if you're an ambassador today, you've got some credentials. They'll give you a passport, a diplomatic passport that says, this is an ambassador. It has your picture in it and has all your information. This is your identity. You're going to get your diplomatic pouch with the message, the official message from your government that is for you and you alone to bring as you represent your, the one that sends you to the place that you're going. That's what an ambassador would do. So let's take a look at a couple of those things and understand what is this calling to be an ambassador? What, is it, what does it mean for us? Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That word, um, if any, it's translated if anyone. The Greek on that is itis. It means anyone. It means whoever. It means if you are in Christ, whoever you are, wherever you are, you are a new creation. So this applies to us. So now we have, God has our attention. We are uh, in the population of those who are being addressed. Then he tells us that the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it's interesting the way that's phrased. It's already happened. The old is passed away. The new has come. That is our identity. Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We know that our commissioning is from God. It's, this isn't our idea. It doesn't depend on our clever thoughts. It doesn't depend on a bunch of people agreeing that, yeah, this is the best thing for for humanity on earth is this gospel. No, the, the, the idea came from God. And we can trust his commissioning. And it says that he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. So now as ambassadors, we start to get a, a better, a, a bigger view of what our job description really looks like. What is our task? We have a ministry of reconciliation. And it has been entrusted to us, to you and I. And 19 exam, uh, elaborates on that. It says that is trying to explain what this ministry of reconciliation is, that Christ, that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself. That includes those places that are far away, that many of the people, uh, Ellen is going far away, the Nesses are going to be going far away, the Z family, we have Missionary Sunday next Sunday where we're going to welcome back missionaries who have been a long way from home, heeding this call. But it also applies to right here at home as well. How many people, raise your hand, 
think there might be someone within a five-mile radius of where they live who might need to hear the message of being reconciled to God. We're all in this. This call to be an ambassador is not just for the few. It's not for the professional church worker. It's not for the, the international missionary. This is all of us entrusted with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors. God has given us an identity. We are in Christ. Just as an ambassador would have a passport with their identity, we have an identity in Christ, and he has done that for us. We are commissioned by God. It's his idea. We have the message that that God desires us to share as his ambassadors, and it's for the world, both far and near. So we have our calling. We understand what our job description is. We've been given a new identity. Now what? So we need to be equipped for this ministry. So if you would turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 16... We're going to jump around in this a little bit. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. And I, this is Paul talking, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay, so let's let's just go through and say, how how was Paul equipped to be an ambassador of this message and this uh, letter to the Corinthians? In verse 1, he says, I came, I did not come to you proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech. He was not equipped with lofty speech. He was not equipped with lofty wisdom. He knew nothing but Christ crucified. He was in weakness. He was in fear. He was in much trembling. And was equipped not in plausible words of wisdom. So you may be thinking to yourself, okay, I'm equipped with that. (laughs) I've got all of those things. I have no lofty words. I have no wisdom. I'm weak. I'm fearful. I'm trembling. I'm good to go. But he also says, what was I equipped with? After all those things that he doesn't have, he says, I come, in, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That is the thing that he has given. That is the thing that he is equipped with. A demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Our task as ambassadors for Christ is to point people's faith to the power of God, not to us. It's never, it's never about us and our fancy words and our wisdom our message has to point people to faith in the power of God. So I'm going to go back to the, the uh, text now. Uh, starting up in verse 6. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. I want to take a brief uh, 
detour here and just explain when, when Paul is talking about this secret and hidden wisdom, what is he talking about? Is this some sort of elitist uh, revelation that only a certain people have and, and it's not for everyone? So if we look at, um, I'm just going to read this to you just so we are clear on what this mystery is and what he's talking about, what he's not talking about. Ephesians 3, verses 4 through 7, says this about this mystery. Um, And listen also for just a reinforcement again of this calling as ambassadors. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verse 6 of Ephesians 3. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That's the mystery he's talking about. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. You see how that ties in again. So we, we have a clear picture of what that mystery of God is, that it is the gospel, the revelation of the gospel to the Gentiles, all over the world. And then he reinforces again, I was made a minister of this by the gift of God's grace given to him by the working of his power. Again, not in his own strength, but resting in the power of God. Okay, so let's go back to, we're back in 1 Corinthians now. Verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now this next passage is what, really gripped me about this um, text and this message this morning. Verse 11, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? That makes sense. I look out um, uh, at all of you this morning and I do not know what you're thinking, but you do. And you're the only one who knows what you're thinking. A person's thoughts are not known except by the spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That makes sense. Thoughts of the person, Spirit of the person. Thoughts of God, Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Thoughts of a person, spirit of a person. The thoughts of God, the spirit of God, and the miracle of God dwelling with us is that he gives us his spirit. And we now have within us the spirit that knows the thoughts of God. That is the revelation. It is not in our own flesh. God has imparted to us his own spirit that we can know the mind and thoughts of God. 
The natural person in verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. Now when it says that we, that spirit that is within us knows the mind and thoughts of God it is still true that God's ways are far above our ways. And this question, verse 16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, that answer is no one, and it continues to be no one. That the depths of the knowledge of God and the thoughts of God are not revealed to us, but what God does want to make free known to us, what is freely given to us, those thoughts he does desire to reveal to us, and he does that through the spirit that is dwelling within us that we might know the thoughts of God that he has intended for us to know. So we have our calling. We have our equipping now that we understand that it's not in our own strength, but the very spirit of God revealing the thoughts of God, equipping us as ambassadors. How then do we respond? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So first of all, let's be clear. He's talking to believers. He's people, talking to people who already have the faith. They're already Christians, Okay. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, as an appeal, therefore, to brothers, right? Then he says in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So how does that renewal of our mind happen? How do we not be transformed by the world, right? Thoughts of a person, spirit of a person, the mind of, of the natural person and the thoughts of God and the spirit of God. And when that spirit comes into us, that is what begins that process of transforming our mind because we now have the thoughts of God revealed to us. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that is how we fulfill this call to be ambassadors. First of all, when, when it mentions up in verse 1, it says present your bodies as a living sacrifice. If you look just before this, it's talking about the branch of the, of the Jews being broken off and the branch of the Gentiles being grafted in to the same family, to that tree. Then there's this passage about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, and then immediately following it is, you're all members of one body, using your gifts within the body to serve the body. So when it says present your bodies as a living sacrifice, it's not talking about a list of a whole bunch of rules about what you can and can't do with your physical body. That's not... That's not what he's talking about. He uses that term, present your bodies, your whole self. The reality is we are ambassadors to someone. 
we are ambassadors of our own will and our own desire and our own flesh, or we are ambassadors for Christ. And when he calls us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, it's as if we, we lay down our right to be ambassadors for ourselves. It's like we take one passport and give it away, and we take another one. We take up the responsibility of being an ambassador for Christ. And once we do that, how do we equip ourselves with that message of reconciliation? It says that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we know that is with the spiritual mind because if we go back to uh, the passage from 2 Corinthians, it says, um, verse 12, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. In verse 14, The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. With our own natural mind, we cannot understand what God is trying to communicate to us. The word of God is not open to us. It is only by God's spirit in us, informing our mind, revealing those things that have been freely given by God, that we can even understand the word. And when we read the word, it is his spirit, God's spirit within us, revealing God's thoughts. What is it he trying to, what is he trying to communicate through the world? Because you can take someone who doesn't believe, who is not spiritually minded, give them the Bible, and it means nothing to them. If it were just a question of taking the words of God and getting people to read them, we could just evangelize the entire world with billboards. It's not just the words. It is the Spirit of God revealing the, the mind of God as it's revealed in His Word, in our prayers that we can pray in the Spirit with the thoughts of God so that we can know that our prayers are according to His will. Why? Because it's, His Spirit is in us. And when we allow that Spirit to pray, we're praying the, according to the will of God. So as our ambassadors, um, we can test and approve and discern the will of God only with the spiritual mind, only with the spirit that has been given to us by God. The natural person, the natural mind cannot understand it. So here's the, here's the weighty part. What struck me is that when we look at Romans 12, if you could put that back up, Julie, that passage in Romans 12, the fact that he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The fact that he needs to say that that he needs to appeal to believers to do that tells me that it is not automatic, that it is not something that just happens to everyone. What that tells me is that it is possible to be in Christ, to have the Spirit of God, 
and not be transformed by the renewal of our mind. We, it, is, it would be possible for a believer to not hear, not understand, or not obey the revelation of God's will, the revelation of God's thoughts that he wants to freely share with us and not have the mind of Christ. Or he would not be appealing to us to do that very thing. So we can choose to be conformed. We can't choose to be saved. The mystery of salvation, why we are called and, and, and the whole explanation of, of how we got to where we're at as saved children adopted into his family. It's not our choice. It's not our doing. But once we are in Christ, once we take up the mantle of being an ambassador for Christ, once we allow the Spirit of God in us to reveal the thoughts of God, we have to allow ourselves to be conformed. The last, uh, the last verse on, uh, in Second Corinthians says, the spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. For, for who else understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So as we, as we close here this morning, we have people leaving us from this very, this week and going out. And there are many of us who are not leaving, who are right here, but we are all called to be ambassadors with this ministry of reconciliation. So I'll close with Romans 12 again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And anyway, our prayer today is just for Pastor Matt and Cindy, as you go, go with the mind of Christ, informing you and allowing you to be a full ambassador. Ellen, as you go, go with the mind of Christ. For Kevin and Jenna, as you go, go with the mind of Christ. Be not conformed to this world. And for all of us, allow your mind to be conformed to the Spirit of God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your call and commission as ambassadors. Thank you for equipping us with your very mind, your spirit living within us that gives to us the mind of Christ. And Father, give us a willing heart to obey what you have freely given and to move and act and to conform our mind as your spirit reveals that we could be an ambassador for you in all that we go to all those places that you have placed us, that we could bring the message of reconciliation of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.